Okay, good morning. Today's daf. We're going to start with Chaf Gimel Amad Aleph. Today's share should be for Fuah Shleima for Yosef Noam Nerach Al Chayesotil Basariot Sipora, the Shavu Basnet Avram Zelav and Sipora, Dov Moshe and Chava, Ariel Batalia, Chayti Lebas Rachel and Eitan Moshe, Chaim Ben Esther, and for a Eloi Nishmas Carmiel Shai Mereza, and for. Okay, so yesterday we did the Mishnah which described in the Chav Gimel of Chav Beis, Amar Beis, we discussed the nuances and how the actual procedure of Malchus goes. Let's just actually go look in the Pesukim for a second because it's going to come up today multiple times. Everyone, please turn to Kiseisei Per Chavhei. Let's just review the Pesukim inside. Page. 1062, Per Chavhei Pasuk Aleph. Page 10, 1062. It says, There will be a quarrel amongst your men. They will approach the, uh, the judge, the court, and they will be judged. They'll find that who should be found uh, victorious, should be found to be the, uh, the just one, and they will implicate and find guilty the wicked one. Vayav im binakosarasha, that which is the the guilty one should be deserving of uh, of punishment. Vipilu ashofet, he will cause him to fall. The shofet will cause him to fall. Vikal, and he will hit him with makos. Lefanov kideirishaso bimispar. He will hit him before him. Lefanov, we'll see what that is a a limud on that word. Kideirishaso, according to his wickedness, in that number. Arbarim Yakenu, 40, he will be hit. Lo Yosef, he cannot hit, be hit more than that. Pen Yosef, so that you do not exceed 40. Do not hit him above the 40 with another maka, with a great, uh, with a great hit. And he will be demeaned, he will be belittled. This person that's being uh, flogged, that's getting malchus, he will be in, in front of your eyes. And then we'll see there's an interesting limud. Out of the blue, this one other pasuk that's part of this little four psuk in Parsha, let's see what the connection is. But a lot of words. It says, Lo Yosef, don't go ahead and add more than 40. Pen Yosef, and here's the warning, because you might go ahead and add 40, meaning don't do it, it's a double lashon. Lo Yosef, Pen Yosef. So it's actually interesting, by the way, just before we start, <clears throat> this pasuk of Malchus is actually the source that we're not allowed to hit somebody else, your fellow Jew. The Rambam actually states in Hilchos Chovel Amazik, he mentions as follows. He says that one is not allowed to go ahead and, uh, and hit his friend. It says, and he basically from this pasuk, he says, um, let me just find it. Uh, where did I write it? Uh, one is not allowed to go ahead and hit. And he says, Rambam says, if you, someone who went ahead and did an Avera, you're not allowed, and it's Chayv Malkus, you have to be careful not to hit anyone extra. How much more so if you go ahead and hit someone who doesn't deserve it? How much more so you're not allowed to, um, you're not allowed to, uh, to injure him? The Pasuk in Perak Ches, sorry, Perak, the fifth Perak. Perak hey, halacha aleph. The Rambam says, "Asur ladam lachbal bein baatzmo bein bechaviv." Listen to the words. Moshe Feinstein has a field day with this. Asur lachbal. A person is not allowed to injure himself, whether it's himself or his friends. Flo achovil bilvad. Not only if you injure someone, I'll call a makke adam kashim If you hit another Jew, 
Bain Katan, Bain Gadol, irrespective of how old he is. Bain Ish, Bain Isha, whether it's a male or female, Derech Nitzayon, in the context of a fight, ze over below Sasa. You violate a Losasa, a Lav, Shenemar, Lo Yosef La Koso. You cannot add, you cannot hit him extra. Says the Rambam, if the Torah warns you not to give an extra hit to someone who's deserving Malkus, who's a sinner, despite Edom and Asral, how much more so can you not hit Lemakas at Sadik? How much more so can you not hit at Sadik? That's the Isser from the Rambam, the source that you're not allowed to fellow Jew. If you're not allowed to hit someone who's deserving of Malkus, even one extra hit, certainly someone who's not deserving of any Malkus, you cannot hit. The Rambam says, listen to what he says there. He says, Adam ben ba'atzmo ben You're not allowed to injure yourself also. Rav Moshe says here there might be a problem of undergoing plastic surgery or any elective surgery. How are you allowed to put yourself under the knife, get anesthesia, based on this Rambam? Rav Moshe suggests even dieting may be an issue. You're causing yourself to suffer. Whether well, the long-term consequences are probably beneficial. But the bottom line is, Rav Moshe has a whole arichos here whether based on this Rambam, when he says you're not allowed to go in, not just injure other people, but injure yourself. The other issue is he says, even in the context of a fight, how do you injure yourself in the context of a fight? I guess if you have suicidal thoughts, maybe you cut yourself, but you're not, this is the source where you're not allowed to go ahead and injure yourself and certainly not allowed to injure other people. Okay, so we did the, uh, we, we the Mishnahis yesterday, and we said at the very end about if they, the whole point of this is to be demeaned. And if he's demeaned by losing his uh, control of his bowels, um, then he would be uh, part to exempt from getting the rest. So now, let's see. And the, by the way, the Pasuk says, V'nikla achich le'inecha, he will be demeaned. So the Gemara starts off, Top of Chav Gimel, Amad Aleph. My time, Mishum Nikla. So why, why do we assume that he's able to go, to go, um, to, to all these things, if, if he loses control of himself, or if he gets more, it gets less than what he was assessed to get, why is he able to go free, Mishum? Because it says Venikla, and the Pasuk continues, the point is to embarrass him. Gemara continues and says, How do we know that the actual makeup, the fabric of the whip, it's of a calf, and then the next Pasuk, We just discussed, there's absolutely no other connection. Why should these Pesukim be together? You have three Pesukim about Malkus, about judgment, adjudicating cases, finding the Russia, giving a Malchus, only giving 40, don't add. And then there's four words, which apparently doesn't have any connection. So he says, the juxtaposition of these two psukim, says Rav Sheishas, teaches us that the, cont- the fabric of the Ritzua, that's the connection, has to be made up of, uh, of an, a calf skin. Okay, hide. Uh, so now, continues. I'm Rav Sheishas, we'll learn other stuff now. Also from Rav Sheishas, based on juxtaposition of psukim, so we know that there's a concept of Yivama, Yibum and Chalitza. Yibum basically means if a man dies childless, does not have any children, if he has a brother, then his widow is obligated, or is, I should say actually the brother is obligated to go ahead and marry his widow, Lahakim shame to Lazaro to go ahead and establish and to maintain his name, and so if he should, if he doesn't want to, he has to be embarrassed. We do this demeaning. We have to spit in a shoe chalitza. The Gemara says, "What Rav Shesha says? How do I know 
that if this woman brother-in-law, meaning the brother of her deceased husband, is a mukashchin, is full of boils, he's very, uh, lack of a better term, uneasy on the eyes, that ain't we don't muzzle her, we listen to her, she says, I don't want to marry him, we don't muzzle her, by the way, I have proof that I sent it at 9 o'clock, it didn't go through, just for the record, they saw, I'll show you afterwards, but anyway, I'm just impressed you had a half of me to listen to it on the way home. So that's good. So now, look at the next passage there. It says, after it says, it goes in and mentions the concept of Yibum. So Rishesha says, the juxtaposition of and the concept of Yibum teaches us that if there's such a case arises where the woman does not want to go ahead and marry the brother-in-law because he is uh, un, unsightly or is full of shechin, she, we, don't, we don't muzzle her and we allow her to go ahead and to reject that marriage. A third one. Anyone who disgraces Yontif, and we'll see whether this is Yontif or Cholamod in a second, by doing Malacha Nechja, he's considered as if he has worshipped Avodah Zara, Dechsev, Elohim Asech, Elosas, and the Chodomic, any uh, any um, masks for yourself, meaning any other idols and the gods. Bisamechlei eschag hamatzos tishmoi. You should go ahead and observe chag hamatzos. Now, so we see again. This is the juxtaposition. This is Rav Sheshis's third learning uh, limud, and basically says that if you go ahead and you vazi disgrace the Moadim, it's as if you're over the Zara. Now, what exactly is the Moadim? So if you look at the second line of the Rivan on the, uh, on the opposite side, on the uh, inside of the Daf, the second line, Esamoados, he says, Cholo Shel Moed. Everyone have the top, the second line of the Rivan? On top of Chokimel Manalef, it says, Cholo Shel Moed. According to the Rivan, when you're Mavazah, the Moados, it's as if you worship the Vodazara, it's talking about Cholo Moed. The Rambam and Rashi learn that's talking about regular Yantif. So let's go back a second. Let's see what this Machlokas is based on, what a possible Nafkimina might be. So we know that there are three things that are given the status of an os, a sign of the covenant of the bris between B'nai Yisrael and Kaddish Baruch Hu. What are the three things? We have Shabbos and Yontif is one, bris milah is two, and tefillin is the third. We know whenever we give edus, you have to have two edim. Yes, Ayal? right? At least two. We don't wear tefillin on Shabbos because we already have two osos. You only need two edim. We have the Shab Mila and Shabbos. If it's a regular weekday, we still need two edim. So what's the two edim? We have Mila and tefillin. Good? So that's why we don't wear tefillin on Shabbos and Yantif. What about Cholamoid? What about Cholamoid? Is Cholamoid Chol or is it Moid? Hence the name Cholamoid. It's a synthesis of the two. Question is, do we attribute it more Chol or do we attribute it more Moid? There's a machlokas in Shulchan Aruch, Simon Lamed Aleph, Simon, the 31st Simon between the uh, Mechaber and the Ramah. Should one wear tefillin on Cholamoid? Now, the overwhelming majority do not. And the Mechaber says, in fact, the, the Mechaber says, or Yosef Kar says, one does not wear tefillin on Cholamoid. The Ramah, who the Ashkenazim usually follow, says, Yeshomim, that there are those who wear it, but you should say the bracha quietly. Now, it turns out, even those who normally follow the Ramah, in this case, most of the time, do not, wear, do not follow him. And overall majority of even Ashkenazim do not wear tefillin on 
on um, on Yecholamoyed. I happen to do the word tefillin. Yushalayim, they never do it when we're in Sukkot this past Yushalayim, uh, this past uh, Yontif. You put it on Betzina. In Yushalayim, you don't put it on before Hasi. You do it in your room prior. And then you go down from the minion, you don't put tefillin on. The the Mechaber says you're not allowed to go ahead and put tefillin on on Cholamoyed. Brings the so the Beis Yosef brings the Zohar and the Zohar says anyone who goes ahead and puts puts on tefillin Cholamoyed it's Chayiv Misa. So the Gra explains this may be it. This may be the Gra. The Vilna Gaon explains the Zohar as follows: If you're going ahead and you're putting on tefillin on Cholamoyed. That means you're saying that it's not an os. You need that second os. We have the os of Mila all the time. The fact that it's, you need that second os of tefillin to give Eidus to Kaddish Baruch Hu means that you're not viewing Cholomoed as a moed. Because Yantif and Shabbos is an os unto itself. No one's going to say that you need to put tefillin on, on Rosh Hashanah or on Shabbos or on the first days of Pesach because it's a Yantif. So if you are saying that you have to put tefillin on, on Cholomoed, you're basically saying, Cholomoyed is not a Yontif. You it's not a Moed. You're Mevaza the Moadim. You're saying that Cholomoyed is Chol. So you're Mevaza the Moadim. So is it a Chol or is it Moed? Okay, so you're it saying it's be, much more Chol. But if it would be only Moed, we will call him Moed. Okay, so but the question is, clearly there's a synthesis. The question is, which is the dominant, which is the Ikar, which is the Tafel? So in your view, if you're not putting on, if you're putting on Tefillin, where is an Israel Malacha, right? There's certain Malachas we say for Dover Over, there's certain things if you're going to lose too much money, certain things you're allowed to do. But in general, this, well, you're not supposed to work on Ichalamoid. There are s- certain Ethereum, but in general, we, we're supposed to treat it as more Moid. So the Gura explains that if you, based on the Zohar, that if you're going to put Philan on and Chalamoid, you're viewing it as more as Chol, therefore you are Mavaza the Yantif, Yichai Misa, because as if you're over the Voda Zara, based on the Slimud. It's the Zohar, yeah. Okay, put filling on at your own risk. Okay, so anyway, so that is that. So, but he would still say if you did put filling on, you make a bracha. The Zohar, I don't think the Zohar comments on that, but the Ramah says if you can put filling on, you just and he actually says all the the Ramah actually comments that all the the um, the Jews of Poland used to put on used to put on filling, but they made the quiet the bracha quietly, which suggests. That in his times, in the general day, they would make the brachas out loud. If he goes out of his way to say they make the bracha quietly, which we all do today, the, the implication is that they normally make the bracha out loud. Yeah. So why do the people from Poland put, put the tefillin? Why do they? Why don't why, they? What's the uh, base? On what base they are? You know, so it's interesting. So you're asking an interesting. You're asking an interesting question. Of course, because my father-in-law and my brother-in-law they put in the tefillin, and when I saw them first, I said, "What is this? What's wrong with you?" So you're asking an interesting question. So it happens to be that the, the Rav of Salvechik had um, a big um, issue, so to say. One of his pet peeves was that we, B'nai Israel, Am Israel, puts so much emphasis on the bracha that when we don't do a bracha, when we, make, we, when we put tefillin on Chalamor, those who do it don't make a bracha, right? On Chalamor, we don't make a bracha. But his, his, his pet peeve was that we put so much emphasis on the bracha that we lose sight of the mitzvah. If you don't make a bracha, you stop doing the mitzvah. He had three examples. One is that the Gemara says clearly when it comes to Shemini Atzeres, Yisuvi Yasvinan, Uvruchalam Avrachinan. We're supposed to sit in the sukkah Shemini Atzeres, the first day of Shemini Atzeres, not Sukkah, so Shemini Atzeres. 
but you don't make a bracha. Why? Because it's a bizayon for Shemini Atzeres, which is a chag b'fnei atzmo. It's a separate chag to go and say leishe basukah because it's not sukkah. But you still, Gemara says yisuve yasvinan, tough and shin are interchangeable. Yisuve yasvinan, uvrucha lo mavrachina, but you don't make a bracha. So since over the years you don't make a bracha, people stopped eating in the sukkah. But Rav says, based on the Gemara, he's supposed to. He's supposed to. Number two, he says, when it comes to counting sefira, we all know that if you miss one day completely, twenty-four hour period, you don't make a bracha anymore. So people stop counting. It's still a mitzvah to count. But because you don't make a bracha, people think, oh, I already lost the opportunity. And the third one is, he says that, when we don't, since we don't make bracha on tefillin, people stop doing it. Because they think, but that's not the chashivah of the mitzvah. The real ikr of the mitzvah is the mitzvah, siyasa mitzvah. The bracha is never ma'akev. Bracha doesn't hold back. So to answer your question, that, you're, you're, you're on the same camp as the Rav, because he also was, uh, felt that uh, because they stopped making a bracha, People stopped uh, putting the tefillin on. Okay, biter. Next limud. Amar Rav Sheisim Shimon of Elazar ben Azaria. Cholam esaper lashon harav. Cholam mekabel lashon harav. Cholam made edu sheker. Roy lashlicha leklavim. He says that anyone who tells over lashon harav, anyone who accepts lashon harav, anyone who gives false edus, deserves to be thrown to the dogs. Like the trefa, if you remember, we learned in the pasuk it says the trefa You should not go ahead. Any animal that was torn apart, you go ahead and you can't eat it. It's a it's a nevela trefa, right? It's a it's a nevela because it was it was thrown apart. It, it was torn apart. Give it to the dogs. And right next to that, it says Don't say anything false. And then and so it says not only should you not say something false, you can also read it losasi. Don't make it that it's accepted something false. Meaning, if you not only do you tell something false, but you accept something false, you deserve to be thrown to the dogs. Okay. Now, I just want to say a couple things. It's interesting, by the way, about this Lashon Hara. I heard something fascinating recently, that what do we consider based in Shalmala? I don't remember. I'm going to say it over a little bit. Based in Shalmala. Rav Al-Khanan Wasmin, when he gave the Hesbed for the... For the um, for the Chafetz Chaim, he said that he believes that he heard something over from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's at, at Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's Hesped, That I forgot it was Masvid Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said that he really believes that what does Bezin Shalmala mean? It means whoever B'dasha um you go to the Shofet of your time, right? You, when it says we go to the Zakenim and the Shoftim at that time. That means that when a, a, a Gadol Ador passes, goes to Shemaim, he's part of the Bezin Shomala. He's part of the Bezin Shomala. So when Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was Nifter and they were Masvidim, his Talmud said, now that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter is part of the Bezin Shomala, he's going to view us with a skewed view of what we're supposed to be focusing on. And since he's now part of the Bezin Shomala, and Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's big thing was Musr, we should all be learning Musr now, so we're found to be Zakai by the Bezin Shomala. So Lachon and Wasmin, when he spoke at the Levaya of, of of Kagan, who was the Chafetz Chaim, he said, since now, he quoted this Hesped from Yisrael Salanter, at Yisrael Salanter's uh, Levaya, and he said now that, Rachman al-Tzlan, that uh, unfortunately that we lost the Chafetz Chaim, but at least now he's part of the Bezin Shamala, we must, and he's going to be viewing us now, his biggest thing was Shmira Salashon. So now, in order for us to be found zakah, we all have to take a pot, a upon ourselves, add a strinlin cheese, 
stringencies not to be over uh, uh, hours. So I just remember that based on this uh, this concept over here. Before we move on, I just want to, we're going to, this next tomorrow we're going to fly through. But I just want to say one thing I forgot to add yesterday, and that is, we spoke about yesterday how one is supposed to stand up for, we, we mocked those people who stand up for the Torah, but don't stand up for, for Tamid HaChachamim. There's a fascinating uh, stira on the Rambam. The Gemara says, in Sochim Daf Chof Gimel, we're probably all familiar with this, Shimon HaAmsoni HaYadoris is called Esim Sheba Torah. Shimon HaAmsoni used to, every time the word S was found in the Torah, he would go ahead and be darshan it, to add something, it's Lerabo. So it's always to add something. S is never where the Torah doesn't waste any real estate. The Torah always uses words very thought out. And if there's an extra word, O, S, it's not just, a, it's not just a take up space. So every time the word S, for example, S, Kabit S Avicha Vesimecha, what's S? Et. You mean. Et. What is et for Ayal? I'm thinking it's the letter S. Okay. So what does et mean? Et. The Gemara Ksuva Stafkovkimo says, Lerabos Achich, Lerabot Achicha Gadol. To include your big brother. Et always comes to include something. <coughs> Until he came to the Pasuk, Et Hashem Lokechatira, fear Hashem, Piresh. What could the word et come to be marbe? What could it come to include in the pasuk of et Hashem lechachatira? Who else can you fear like you fear Hashem? Et is going to come to include someone else? Miat Pires. She was chozer in everything he, that he did. He said everything was wrong. So they said, oh my God, you can be, so it's a waste. He goes, no. You get schar for learning it. It's not a waste. Don't feel bad. He told us, tell me to me, you don't feel bad. It's still a schar. Ad Sheba Rabbi Akiva, until Rabbi Akiva came along and said, et, you know what et is? To include that you have to go ahead and fear like you do a Kaddish Baruch <clears throat> Now, the Rambam, the Rambam, in Mitzvah Dalit, in his Sefer Mitzvah, Mitzvah Dalit, which is Mitzvah Yeras Hashem, the Rambam says, you know what Yeras Hashem, he defines Yeras Hashem as Yeras Hachet, fear of punishment. We know one of the 13 Ikare Yemuna, the Rambam writes, is schar and onish. We believe in schar and onish. We believe that if we do something, the Gershbarchel will reward us. Maybe in Olam Emes, maybe not in this, in this, um, in this prusdor, in this, in this uh, hallway to, to Olam Haba, but in Olam Emes we'll get rewarded. And we also believe in, in, in punishment. So Yiratz Onesh is the definition of Yiratz Hashem. But in Hilchos Yisodeh Torah, the Rambam says, you know what Yiratz Hashem is? Yiratz Haromamus. When we appreciate the... God's awesomeness, that the, the elevated status in everything he does is glorified, is, is, is awesome. We use the word awesome so lightly today. God is awesome. So Yeras Aromos, when you just take back and say, look at my sabracious, look what's going on here. How do you not fear him? doesn't specifically say Yeras Achet, it says Yeras Haromamos. <clears throat> fear of just the, just the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, Characteristics of Akash Baruch in the world he created, you're just in awe. And you fear him because someone who's, who's just amazing, you fear. Different than what he said over there as far as fearing the chait. Says the Maharsha, that's the machlokas here between Shimon HaAmsoni and Rabbi Kiva. Shimon HaAmsoni <coughs> saw the word S, Hashem Lokechatira, and he said, I, I, have to, I, I give up, I'm wrong. Every S I did, I'm wrong. And he was chozer on everything. Because, says the Maharsha, he understood. Yerat Hashem, the Rambam's definition, the first one is Yerat Hachet, uh, fearing Hashem's punishment. No one else can mete out punishment like Hashem, 
Therefore, it doesn't make sense. Therefore, I have to be choser. Et cannot be marba anything. Says the Marsha Rebbe, Kiva understood Yeratachet, the second way the Rambam, the, the way he understood Yeratachet, just fear of awesomeness. Of, of, when you see a Tamechacham representing Torah, and the Amelis, and that he has a closer connection with Kodesh Baruch Hu, you can, you can fear him the same way you fear. Nothing to do with Onesh. You stand up because you're just amazed and mesmerized by the potential that this person has. He's sitting and striking 18 hours a day. His whole life is one devo- devoted to Avodah Hashem, Yeros Hashem, Avas Hashem, his Marbitz Torah, his Gomal Chesed. These are wonderful things. So the Marsha says the reason why Rabbi Kiva was able to include the word S, to include Tamid Echamim, because he understood Yeros Hashem the second way the Rambab did, Yeras Aromamus, not Yeras Achet. Everyone make sense? There's one other beautiful thought, and that is the, this, the Panam Yafos, who was, I, I believe, the, the Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, says on the, what does it say? Ma Hashem Sho'el Meimach, what does Hashem ask of you? Ki imli also, just to fear him. What do you mean, what does Hashem ask of you? Sho'el. Sho'el? It's a mitzvah. Yeras Hashem is a mitzvah. He says there, maybe this is what it's talking about. HaKadosh Baruch the demand, the mitzvah is to fear that Hashem will punish you, the retribution. But what he asks of you is a higher level. Fear him out of Yeras Aromamus. Just when he says Shoah, this is a safer flaw, along the same lines, right? That, I, you can't say Ma Hashem Shoah, he's not asking you, this is a command. If I ask you, that means you have the option to say no. Right. Command, you don't have the option to say no. Who says Ma Hashem Shoah Meimach, what is he asking of you? He's asking of you that you give him the higher level, almost like the Hidr Mitzvah. The bottom line is, I commit, you have to fear me. But what am I asking of you? Put me on that highest level. Say the word, reserve the word awesome when you speak about Hashem. That's Hashem Shoel Meimach, a beautiful thought. Okay. You're smiling, y'all. Okay. Now, Viter. Gemara says as follows. Um, we're going to learn now, um, we just said that the Ritzuos are made from the hide of a donkey. The Gemara says, Kiddarish Hokalila. This person from the, the, the Galil said as follows. In Pasuk Nishai it says, the, the shore, the ox, knows, recognizes his master, and the donkey recognizes the trough of his master, but Bnei Israel did not recognize this. So, they did not know who their master was when they were sitting and doing Avodah Zarah. Therefore, Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Yavo Yaker, Evos Balav, let the one who recognizes his master, let him pay retribution, Vipara Misha Enomaker, Evos Balav, the one who does not recognize his master. Mir Kadosh Baruch was, was mocking us. A donkey and an ox recognize their master and they try to keep the favor of their master. The Israel doesn't recognize me, they go and worship Avodah Zarah, let the one who recognizes his master, i.e. the shore and the donkey, Punish the one who doesn't. With, so that's why we use the whip of a donkey, of an, of an ox, to go ahead and juxtaposition teaches us the, the, the makeup of this, of this whip is from the uh, shore hide. And we, therefore, we go, Gosh Baruch almost has a sense of humor in punishing us. Okay, next. We know that the, uh, the handle has to be a tefach. Amar Abay Shmamina Kol Chad V'chad L'fungabe Avdinanle so he says, everyone has to have a, it's, it's interesting, everyone has to have their own um, tailor-made, their own specific uh, um, 
bull whip, let's say this whip from Marcos. Almost like, you know, when the real, real bowlers go, they all bring their own balls. I used to get the eight, down, eight, eight pound pink balls. I, everyone used to make fun of me. I used to take the lowest one. But these bowlers come with this, and they're polishing it. And everyone has their own personalized. So he says here, the fact that it has to be long enough length, everyone should have a personalized whip. <laughs> so they respond, Emily Rova, Im Kane, not for sure, but still too far. You're going to have five, you're going to have so many. Rahman, that's not the fact that he has to say this is a bad thing, but you're going to have so many personalized. Where are you going to keep all them? You're going to have too many. You're going to personalize. Everyone has to have their own length whip so that it goes, can wrap around their stomach perfectly. So it's, it's, it seems a little far fetched. Elam Rava, you know what Rava says? Avkata. There's a, there's a, um, like a, a, um, a knot, sort of, that you can, un, you can loosen and you can tighten it. Islay, so therefore, what? There's a knot. Keep boy mikter bay. When you want to go ahead and you want to make it a little shorter, keep boy marpley. You need to extend it. Just like Evans filling, right? You can make the, the shell roach bigger or smaller. You don't need to have 5,000 different whips. Where are you going to store everything? Right? So basically, you have a few of them. And if you, someone's a little heavier, as a balbasa, a little bit of extra um, um, adipose tissue in, in the front, right? It's a little heavy. So you extend it and you make it, the, the whip a little longer. You don't need to keep all these uh, individual separate Separate uh, whips. This was a, a paid position. Or a... This so we're going to see now the each each of the three um, judges going to have a, have a position. So th- you mean the whipper was that a whipper? whipper. The whipper. Why? Why you? Well, wait, like was the person who was? Uh, Are you getting tired of being a pharmacist? <laughs> For sure. I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> Do me a favor, put your hands on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or it's a new service that's going to offer us a pharmacist. Um, dude, I would, I would meet with the, with the higher-ups of CVS. And <laughs> they would be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> you would do it without pay. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so Malkin also. We go ahead and we go ahead and we give them... Um, we whip them. Manahani mili. How do I know that we go ahead and we have to divide it by three? Amarav kahana damar kravi pila shofet vikala funaf kdevi shosobe mispar. So look now what it says in the pasuk. It says, if you look back now, pasuk gimel, still on page ten sixty two in the art scroll. It says, Arbon yakeno lo yosef pen yosef la kosol ela makaraba. I'm sorry, pasuk before. I'm sorry, pasuk that. You hit him before you. The Gemara is going to say, you know, lefanov is a is a play on words. Lefanov means on the front of his body, not in front of you, in the front of his body. It says, Risha achas milfanov. So you hit him once in front, but then it says bimispar. Kidesha bimispar. Mispar is a number, suggests it's more than one, and so that's on the back is two. So you have a two for one ratio. Everything on the front is one, everything on the back is two. Therefore, all the number, when we assess them, we said yesterday, we spoke about the critical importance of the assessment and that it's literally, it, it works to his advantage. If they underestimate him, he goes free after the amount that they gave him. And if they overestimate it, once he can't tolerate it anymore, but it has to be divisible by three, one in front and two in the back. Weiter. So we said also that he has to be uh, bent over. He can't be sitting or standing. He has to have maximum exposure of his back. The Gemara says, Amrav Chistam Rav Yochran, Minayin Liritsuashi Muchpelas. How do I know that the, we said we fold over the, the whip, leather part of it, once to make it two, and then we fold it over again, two to make four, to give maximum, inflict maximum pain. So Amrav Chistam Rav Yochran, Minayin Liritsuashi Muchpelas, Shnemar Vipilo. It says you will cause him to fall. And they learn out, Vipilo sounds like Vihich Pilu. You will double it over. 
Therefore, it is uh, doubled over. The Mora says, Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't learn out a second limud for impilu. Vipilu, you told me, he has to be falling. That's why we learned that he has to be bent over. So if you're learning the word vipilu, that he's being bent over, then you shouldn't learn a second limud that you're doubling over the, the ritzua to give maximum uh, potency. We need that to teach us something else, that you actually have to be bent over. In Cain, lichtov kra viateu. My pilu tarti. No, you're right. Normally, if a word is written, you're going to learn that one limud, except if the word doesn't belong there in the first place. If the word doesn't belong in the first place, one, it doesn't belong there, that's a limud, and two, from the specifically using that word, you can learn something. Here, you just said, that you should have just leaned him over. The fact that it says you will cause him to fall, which is a weird way of saying it, you could have said, viateo, lintot, is to lean. So you could have said, just lean him over. It didn't say that. It says, vipilo, so therefore, that word itself doesn't, shouldn't be there. So that means you will cause him to fall over, meaning to, to completely bend over and expose his back, because you, you take off his shirt, you rip off his shirt, and the second, you can't learn how a second limud, which here means tarti, the second limud, and that would be to, that would be to double over the, uh, the whip. Okay, next. We also know that it says, So, I didn't want to say it's a paid position now, Ed, because it's, they're mocking the person who's doing this. They're saying the only one you actually employ to be the whipper is someone who's a little, um, has a low IQ, and is weak. Why? Obviously because if he's weak, we don't want him to completely kill the guy. We're here to demean him. But why low IQ? Oh, beautiful. So why, why does he have to be uh, not the smartest, uh, smartest guy in the class? We'll see that in a second. No. You can have the brightest, the brightest mind, and you can have the strongest person, and you don't have to worry about that. So let's see. What's this mechlokas amar? I think it makes more sense like a Yehuda to go ahead and to have someone who is uh, full capacity, strong, he's intelligent. Because it says lo Yosef pen Yosef, it gives a double warning. It says don't add, don't do more because you might come to do more. So i amrit bishlama If you say you're talking about that a person is unintelligent, hainu the you would have to go ahead and. You would have to go ahead and warn. warn him, right? Not to go ahead and, and um, Rabbi Huda was the one who said, yeah, even if you're strong, yeah. So you'd have to warn him. But if you can say that he's very, very intelligent, you actually have to warn him. He'll know by himself. So the fact that the Torah goes out of its way to warn shows that you don't have to go ahead and you, you need someone who's unintelligent, right? Because if someone is intelligent, you wouldn't have to warn him, he'd be able to count. The Gemara says, no, no, no. Rabbanan, who say that you need someone who's unintelligent, why would you have to warn him? Meaning, if someone's unintelligent, you don't have to warn them. It's only someone who understands the concept of being punished that you'd have to warn him. Therefore, if someone is really, really unintelligent, the warning is, is meaningless. So the Gemara says, Rabbanan say, no, no, no. It says, you only tell someone to speed up if they're capable of speeding up. Okay? So these people who would com- commonly make mistakes, you'd have to warn them. Okay? When he goes in and lifts the whip, he lifts it up with two hands, but when he delivers his blow, you only give it one, presumably because you have much more force and much more speed when you do something with one hand than you would with two. Okay, so therefore it should come a little stronger, and therefore you go ahead and you whip him with, with one hand. Okay, next. We also said about the psukim. 
All right, we'll finish. We'll pick up here. Um, we'll pick up here tomorrow, and uh, we'll we'll start the Mishnah tomorrow as well. Friday. Have a great day. Friday, yes.